Today on Locked On Predators, it's all about the baby Preds. We have Eric Denae from On The Forecheck talking Preds prospects with us. That includes an update on Luke Evangelista and Yaroslav Askarov's development. Two Predators getting named to World Junior Championship prelim rosters. And all of a sudden, a former first-round pick is starting to hit his stride with the Preds. All coming up today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Predators your first listen of the day. Every single day, we're your free Nashville Predators podcast that's available to you wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor at onthefourcheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel. I'm a writer and editor at insidethepreds.com. And if you're watching on YouTube and you see this extra guy in the box down below us, that is our guest for today. He is the guy you need to follow if you have any questions about the Nashville Predators prospects. You know him on Twitter as on the future OTF. Eric Denae, thank you so much, my friend, for joining us. Yeah, happy to be here and uh, talk some prospects. Uh, we picked a kind of a good day for you to come on here because we have some prospect news. We have two Nashville Predators uh, who are on the preliminary teams for the USA and Canadian teams. We have Jack Mateer representing Canada and we have UMass's Ryan Ufko representing USA. Uh, ironically, both in the same draft, both in the same round. So pretty, uh, it's looking like a pretty good uh, fourth round of 2021 for David Poyle and the scouts so far. Yeah, and, you know, so like you mentioned, these are kind of the preliminary, camp, you know, selection camp rosters for the World Juniors, which are, uh, you know, about 20, about three weeks away, uh, which is crazy. Um, and we aren't done there. Uh, so Sweden will be announcing their camp roster uh, this week. Uh, it remains to be seen if, I think Anton Olsen will probably get an invite to camp. I'm not sure if he'll make the roster. He was on their U20 team for a, uh, uh, a friendly tournament um, last month, but um, he was initially left off their World Junior roster last year. Uh, Joachim Kemmo will be on Team Finland uh, and will make that team and will be at the World Juniors uh, in a few weeks. And uh, Kasper Kulanami uh, may also get a camp invite, uh, might be on the roster, but I think he might be on the outside looking in right now. So regardless, uh, you know, Nashville's going to have a few prospects uh, at this tournament um in a few weeks it's always so much fun to have the world juniors because you get to see a little bit more some of these players we really don't get enough of a look at like you do eric so let's talk real quick about jack mateer he is in the ohl he's had a really great season what are you kind of seeing from him what are you liking about his game so far this year yeah, well, first and foremost, um, you know, his team, the Ottawa 67s, are um, one of, if not uh, one of the best teams in the Canadian Hockey League, uh, and especially the OHL. Um, mm -hmm. They, uh, I forget how many games they won to start the season. I'm maybe almost double digits. I'm not sure. But 
Um, they've looked pretty unstoppable, and he has been um, – he's definitely taken a big leadership role uh, for them this season. So, uh, you know, not just on the score sheet from the blue line uh, where he's having a career year. He's got uh, 26 points in 25 games already uh, and nine goals, which is a tie. Uh, nine goals is his career high, and we're um, 25 games into the season. So uh, that's impressive. But, um, you know, off the ice as well, uh, you know, he's he's continued to be – a big presence in that locker room uh, for a, a really exciting 67s team. So um, in terms of what, you know, I've kind of seen improvements wise, I think um, there have been some good refinements in his skating, which was always, um, you know, maybe not his best asset. I think defensively he's gotten smarter. Um, you know, he is really strong. He, he is quite physical, plays the body very well, but he's not the quickest. Uh, and I think um, he's learning more, how to use the skills he does does have to um, to defend uh, instead of trying to to win foot races that he may not win against you know the fastest forwards in the OHL. So, and on top of that, you know he's just I think taking a few more chances offensively as well. In the past, pretty much all of his productions really come on the power play, and mm-hmm. he's still a big power play weapon for them. He's got a great shot from the point, but um, we're starting to see a little more confidence in him and him really kind of joining the rush at even strength and, and getting up ice more. So. Love it. Let's talk about Ryan Ufko for a second, because this is a guy uh, that you've been high on for a really long time. And I know you've sung his praises in development camps and uh, all that stuff, but it just seems like he hasn't gotten the recognition as some other Preds prospects. And, you know, this is a guy who went to UMass and is tearing it up this season. What do you see out of his game? Uh, Not only how it translates to his tournament, but maybe his development towards uh, becoming a pro someday. Yeah, well, uh, it's great timing because I've actually got a story um, on Ryan Ufko coming out uh, maybe today, sometime this week. So uh, good timing there. But you're exactly right. I think he's flown under the radar a bit. Um, I think part of that reason is is his teammate, Scott Morrow, who's a, a Carolina Hurricanes prospect, uh, who's a very highly touted high school player going into his draft year. And those guys that come from high school, they always get, you know, a bit a bit of a longer look under the microscope because I think the draft community is really fascinated with this idea of how high school prospects, uh, guys getting drafted out of high school, uh, will adjust to college hockey, will adjust to becoming pro players. You know, a great example of that stretching all the way back, uh, you know, about a decade here um, and dealing with a current national predator is Mark Jankowski, who was drafted out of mm. Canadian high school, not even like Minnesota high school, but Canadian high school in the first round. And Jay Feaster at the time said something like he was the most talented player in the draft. And, uh, you know, I don't think I need to tell you Mark Jankowski is not a top flying player in the NHL, but it's but been this he's kind been of good for us this year. And that's <laughs> all it <laughs> Exactly. But it's, it's interesting nonetheless. So anyway, so Scott Morrow has gotten a lot of attention and um, you know, looking at kind of the coverage of UMass last year, you would have thought that, you know, Ryan of co was leagues apart from Scott Morrow in terms of production. Um, they were number two and number three, respectively, amongst all freshman defenders in college hockey and scoring. Scott Morrow had 33 points last year. Ryan Ufko had 31. So he was right there, right? And it's the same thing this year. They're tied in points. Um, I think the thing that uh, maybe hinders Ufko and, and what I kind of want to see more of and what, I'm, uh, what I've argued in this story that's coming out this week is he has the capability to make a bigger impact on offense at five on five. For whatever reason, whether it's coaching, whether it's his own choice, you know, whether it's 
you know, Scott Morrow is very much a, a Rome and Yossi type defenseman. Uh, he, I think, holds himself back. You know, he, he, he skates the puck up in transition and then he dumps it in when he doesn't have to. He holds onto the blue line a little longer when, you know, every now and then we get a shift from him where he can, I've seen him, you know, deke around four or five other, you know, opponents and drive to the net for a great scoring chance. Um, so the skill is there. I think he's a really good skater. He's not, you know, he doesn't have elite speed, but he's, he's quick enough where it's not a problem. Um, uh, he's a great passer. Uh, you know, his one-on-one -on -one defense is getting better. He's a bit undersized. Um, so I think that's something that he's been working on and kind of in the mold of Spencer Stastny, I think he's a good enough skater that, um, he, you know, and a smart enough player to figure out how to defend one-on-one -on -one against bigger forwards. So, um, you know, Spencer Stastny made Team USA, USA at the World Juniors a few years ago when I think a lot of people weren't expecting him to and, and uh, not a lot of people knew who he was. And he played on a pair with Keandre Miller and he was very much the better of those two defenders in that tournament. Uh, and now Stastny is, is playing in the AHL, working his way up. You know, I think this could be a big opportunity for Ryan Efko to really showcase uh, what, what he can do. So when you're comparing, you're talking about Ufko, you're talking about Spencer Stasny, you know, what is the leap like when you're taking a player from NCAA play into AHL and specifically with Spencer Stasny, how are you seeing that transition for him this season? Yeah, I mean, it, it can be different for everyone. You know, college hockey, we kind of look at as this one unit, but in reality, like each conference, you know, kind of plays their own style. And, you know, there's obviously play across conferences, but uh, you know, a player coming out of the NCHC, you know, is different than a player coming from Atlantic Hockey or from the Big Ten. Um, and so, you know, with Stastny, I think the the one benefit he has, well, he has more than one benefit, but the big thing that's in his corner is he is hands down, without a doubt, the best skater in this prospect pool, like across mm -hmm. the AHL, across everything. He... Um, he is one of the best skaters I've actually ever seen, I think, just mechanically. Um, and, you know, earlier this year before the season, I talked to Admirals head coach Carl Taylor about Spencer Stastny. And, and I didn't even offer that comp that uh, that um, superlative up. And Carl Taylor mentioned the same thing to me, saying he's one of the best skaters he's ever seen in all his years of, of coaching. Um, so that's really helpful um, when it comes to, to Spencer Stastny. Uh, he can do so much more defensively, offensively, in transition because of how good a skater he is. Mm -hmm. um, I think this year has been interesting for him. He's been playing a lot with Adam Willsby, who's also playing in his first AHL season. Um, they've had their their growing pains, you know, moments where they kind of get caught on a long shift or they're beaten one-on-one, -on -one, you know, on a cycle in their own zone. Um, they had a game on on Saturday that was not their best. Um, but they've also had really good moments where they're skating, their transition skills, um, their, their, uh, playmaking ability has really shined. Um, and so it's, it's really encouraging to see that, especially from, from someone like Spencer Sassy. Yeah. Milwaukee's got a lot of good prospects and I actually want to touch on a few other ones coming up here in just one minute, but first I want to take a break and mention today's show is brought to you by simply safe here at locked on Preds. We believe home should be where you and your family feel the most safe, especially over the holidays. So this season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one wet rated home security system, simply safe 
And right now, Simply Safe is offering Locked On Preds listeners 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off. Uh, here's why people love it. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. World News Report for a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify a threat is real so you can get higher priority police response. Simply Safe is a whole home security system with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion to alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors to detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. The 24-7 professional monitoring service costs under a dollar a day, less than half of the price of a traditional home security system. And with the top-rated Simply Safe app, you can stay in complete control of your system, arm or disarm, unlock for guests, access your cameras, or even just adjust system settings anytime, anywhere. So don't miss your chance to save big on our favorite home security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. No safe like Simply Safe. All right, Eric. Eric Dene is our guest. You know him as On the Future OTF, the prospects guru of the Nashville Predators. Uh, and I want to touch a little bit on the Milwaukee Admirals. It seems like there is a lot of uh, big names on the team this year in terms of people that could play a big role for the Preds moving forward. One of those I want to talk about, uh, Luke Evangelista. This is a guy's first full pro season uh, you know, a, a highly touted draft pick for the Nashville Predators, a guy who lit up juniors last year. Uh, and, you know, coming in, there wasn't that sort of same buzz in training camp like there was for Tomasino in years past. Uh, but he's gone to Milwaukee and he's absolutely crushed it his first year so far. Yeah, he's been he's been great. Uh, he's got uh, four goals, 17 points in 20 games. I think he's tied for fourth in among all AHL rookies in scoring right now. Um, you know, I think that the big benefit for him is he could not uh, ask for better line mates at the moment. Um, for most of the season, he's been playing with uh, Tommy Novak and um, Cole Schneider, the team's captain uh, on the, the, the team's kind of de facto first line. Um, but I don't say that to kind of take away from um, his contributions uh because it's clear how involved he's been you know 10 of his 17 points have been primary ones scored at even strength so it's not like he's just cashing in on the power play uh he's looked much more confident on the puck i think it's clear his upper body strength has improved significantly since uh we saw him last in the ahl he's not getting pushed off pucks as easily uh he is uh you know making better decisions with his passes he's able to find kind of quiet ice and and sneak in there to get open um and score so he's looked really good uh, to start the season, uh, despite, you know, uh, not being again, you know, not being an elite skater by any means, he's, he's really begun to fit in at the AHL level. And I also want to give a shout out to Luke Evangelista because we're all in mourning over Roman Yossi's haircut, but Luke Evangelista still has great hair. He's bringing so the flow, baby. He is. Yeah. So we have hope in the pipeline for phenomenal <laughs> hair until Yossi grows back everyone. Um, Talking about Tommy Novak, Tommy Novak is just having a whole thing happening for him down in Milwaukee. He's been player of the week for them. 20 games, nine goals, 12 assists. 
What do you like in from Tommy Novak? And okay, just give it to me straight, Eric. What are the odds we're going to see him in Nashville ever again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll definitely see him in Nashville again. I guess it depends if you mean temporarily or permanently. Um, yeah. You know, at this point, particularly with Philip Tomasino being a little injured at the moment, um, mm -hmm. he is, I mean, him and Kiefer Sherwood are having a, a, a quite the race to see who's going to be the next call up should another forward get injured. Uh, I guess Sherwood's kind of had his, you know, chance in Nashville. So, um, you know, remains to be seen if it would be him. But you're exactly right. Um, Novak's gone pointless in like five games this year out of 20, which is crazy. Uh, he's got 21 points in 20 games. I think he's got 14 in his last uh, 10 and six goals in his last 10 games. Um, and, you know, I think everyone kind of keeps asking, when are we going to see him? What, you know, he mm -hmm. started with the team, you know, last season got hurt, got sick, ultimately got sent down, basically, you know, hasn't made his way back up. And I kind of talked to Carl Taylor about this before the season started. And, um, you know, it was interesting what he said. He has never really shied away um, when it comes to like, expectations for players, particularly those who, you know, might be too good for the AHL, might not be good enough for the NHL. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, one thing he talked about was um, he wanted, he wants Tommy Novak this season to, as he put it, set the pace, which I found really interesting because he really quickly clarified that he didn't mean like in terms of like physical pace on the ice, right? What he meant was he wants Tommy Novak to lead the AHL in scoring. He wants him to be the, you know, go-to guy in the locker room. He wants him to be the guy who, when this team's down a couple goals, when they've had a bad period, he's the one who gets them going again. And for all intents and purposes, he has been doing those things. Um, he has ignited this offense pretty much every night. You know, him and Cole Schneider and Luke Evangelista have been, uh, I would argue, inarguably, this team's best line all season. Um, what I found interesting about that comment, though, is that is the biggest question for me about his NHL future is his actual physical pace. You know, he is a guy who likes to slow the game down. He is a thinker. He's a great passer. He's a very good playmaker. He can make plays at high speed but he prefers to do his damage, um, you know, coming into the zone, pulling up, waiting, right? Doing a turn, you know, Martin Erat style, giving his chance for his teammates to get into better positions, those kind of things. And that all certainly can work in the a NHL. My concern is maybe he doesn't have the foot speed for his tools, his cerebralness to be as successful in the NHL. And maybe that means he's never going to be, you know, a full-time middle six, top six guy. Um, so I certainly think he deserves another chance. I, I don't think he was particularly bad in Nashville last season. Uh, and it's clear he's, he's doing everything that, uh, is asked of him to demand, uh, that second chance. So we'll see. You said, uh, little Martin Erat like, and my first thought was who is Tommy Novak going to get traded? <laughs> <laughs> All time leading scorer in 10 to 15. <laughs> Uh, no, no conversation about Milwaukee would be complete, Eric, uh, without mentioning the king of the vibes, Yaroslav Askarov. Oh. Uh, he's, he's had his ups. He's had his downs this year. It seems like in Milwaukee, but damn it. If not every game <laughs> he plays is just the most fun thing to watch. Uh, the poke check the other night, not over it. 
not over it. It was it was one of those plays that it's like if he did that in Nashville and he pulled it off, there would be people running to the team store to buy number thirty jersey. And if he didn't pull it off, there would be people calling for him to get moted, demoted. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it just seems like Askarov is, is just kind of still figuring out how to be a pro at this point and kind of handle both those highs and those lows. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I consider myself quite a pretty analytical person, but I think one thing I've seen from him this season is just like how much this man loves playing hockey. And, Mm. you know, typically like, I don't, you know, intangibles, I think, are important, but, like, they're very – we can't quantify them and, you know, whatever. The the, the biggest problem with Askarov's development of the past couple of years is he just hasn't been given ice time. Um, and for a variety of reasons, which we don't need to relitigate now, but in Russia, he just really hasn't gotten the number of starts he's needed to over the past couple of seasons. And he's getting them now, and it's clear how much he's enjoying it. You were right. You know, he certainly had his downs. There have been a couple games this year where he has looked a little shaky. Um, but overall, I think he's had more ups. And particularly lately, he's had a lot more ups. Um, I think he's had like a 908 save percentage. Now he's got a positive goal saved, saved above average. Um, you know, before the season started, I asked Carl Taylor, you know, how how is this platoon going to work with him and Devin Cooley? And he basically said, look, you know, a couple years ago, we alternated starts between Troy Grosnick and Connor Ingram pretty much every night. Uh, he said, we're going to do the same until one of them, you know, demands otherwise based on their play. And we're a, a, a quarter into the season and Scarif has demanded that he's got 14 appearances to Cooley's six. He's got uh, 10 wins. He pieced six wins in a row together uh, just here recently. And you're right. He is playing with a confidence um, and kind of a swagger that, you know, I think is important to see from uh, a player in his position. Um, because so much of this game is mental as well that um, we don't want him, you know, beating up on himself, holding his head down, all those things. So, you know, the poke check in overtime against Manitoba was great, and I'm so glad it worked. The remarkable thing about it, it was the second time he done he did that last week alone. He did it in another game too, in like the first period. So, you know, is that going to fly in the NHL all the time? No. But like for what he, you know, has been through and coming to North America and what he needs right now in his development. Like I'm all the more happy to see it. Okay. So I have to ask you about this with his play, his style mm. of play, his personality. I call it YOLO. He plays very YOLO when he's yeah. on the ice. Is that something that Carl Taylor, how much of that is Carl Taylor going to try to refine or yeah. is, is the, some of that just going to be his game? Yeah. I mean, truthfully, you know, the, the, my, like most NHL teams, the Preds kind of development staff is, is pretty integrated. So a lot of the um, kind of coaching and, um, you know, and in, in, in that kind of stuff that Ascariff is getting right now, even in Milwaukee, is still from the Predators goaltending coaches. So, um, you know, he's got kind of multiple folks here working with him. And, I don't see any signs to suggest that they're really, they have any interest in, you know, saying, Hey, let's clamp it down on this. You know, I think kind of like what I just said right now for them, the priority is getting him ice time. And obviously there's, you know, technical priorities beyond that too. But um, I think that as long as they see that he is, you know, being smart about, you know, his kind of style of play and, and, and making sure that 
Um, you know, he isn't taking unnecessary risks uh, without holding the leash too short, then then he'll be fine. He is never boring. He is never <laughs> no, <he's> boring. <laughs> A little bit of Thomas Vokun vibes. Yes, yes. Uh, I a little bit. That. Back in Vokun kind of had his goalie adventures where he would wander kind of behind the net to try to <laughs> knock somebody. Kind of almost Jordan Bennington-like. Yeah, right. Uh, oh, gosh. But without the douchebaggery involved. <laughs> yeah, at least at least Escaroff's not like elbowing dudes, like yeah. flying behind the net and stuff. So if that ever happens, then yeah, we might have a Craig Berube situation, which I was so glad to see that he at least said something about. Yeah, we talked about that yesterday. We'll see how much <laughs> it translates to him not being a Yeah, champion. yeah. Uh, one last person uh, I want to talk about, Eric, before we wrap things up today. Uh, you mentioned hair earlier. Um, Anne, you mentioned mm -hmm. the Lisa hair, but when it comes to hair and it comes to Fred's prospects, gotta mention Zachary Leroux, right? Like, Absolutely. this is maybe, maybe the best mullet in the history of the Nashville Predators, and in a city that has lower broad and country music, that's a pretty bold thing you gotta roll out. Oh, yeah. Uh, look, I mean, this is a guy, you know, first round draft pick a couple of years ago, it just seems like bad luck or you know run of play has kind of stalled his development a little bit but came back to play last week and starting to pick things up again uh what have you seen from him this year and is it just me or does this seem like a guy that is going to be the number one favorite player of every preds fan in a few years well, it'll be a tough race between him, him and Iskarov, probably. Can so. you imagine? <laughs> Reality show. Reality show, people. We have, we have to see a LaRoe poke check just yeah, yeah. before we make that judgment call. Well, yeah, he might be, he would be the kind of player who might fight a Jordan Bennington uh, or another oh, yeah. goalie. So, um, no, yeah, he's, um, like you mentioned, you know, first round pick a couple years ago. I think that there has been um a lot to be desired in kind of what's transpired since uh the beginning of last season he um got off to a really great start with the halifax mooseheads uh he was playing his game he did accumulate sus some suspensions as he has been prone to do most of that was for what things things that would normally not be suspendable plays but because he was a repeat offender he got suspended so a bit of give and take there uh, the latter half of the season, uh, you know, went fairly poorly for him. Um, he had, I think, an eight-game pointless streak, which in the QMJHL is a first-round prospect in your draft year plus one you don't want to be doing. He, I think, really struggled to make an impact um, as much as he wanted on his team when you had players like Jordan Dumais, who's a Blue Jackets prospect now, who was just, like, lighting up the net for the Mooseheads. Uh, we come to learn that part of that, for the latter half of the season, he was dealing with um, a lingering hip issue. Um, he ultimately aggravated that uh, more over the summer. Um, and that has what is what has kept him out to start most of this season. Um, so he just recently rejoined the Mooseheads lineup. Uh, he missed, I think, a little over 20 games. Uh, he's been back for five games. Um, in those five games, he has scored five goals uh, and seven Insane. points. Uh, six of those seven points were primary ones scored at even strength. So again, not cashing in on the power play necessarily. Um, you know, this is exactly the start to the season that we needed to see from him, particularly with being out with this injury, particularly with how last year ended. 
you know, he was uh, pretty open last winter about how pissed off he was that he, uh, in his words, he felt snubbed by Hockey Canada for not, um, not only not making their World Juniors team, but not even being invited to their selection camp. Um, and, you know, there were a lot of kind of, you know, Monday morning quarterback reasons as to why that was. A lot of people saying, well, he's just too much of a loose cannon. He's too much of a liability on the ice. Um, but uh, the point is, is, you know, he clearly was determined to prove those people wrong, prove folks who think he doesn't have the discipline to succeed as an NHL prospect wrong. And, you know, there was nothing he could do about missing um, this time with injury, but he has made the most of it since coming back and, and, and done everything to um, really help catalyze this Mooseheads team um, and be uh, uh, a one of, you know, he should be one of the best scorers in the QMJHL this year. And, uh, you know, through first five games, he's, he clearly uh, has kind of understood the assignment. Yeah. Always good to see his development. Eric Denae, thank you so much for joining us today. We love uh, the prospect talk and we love all the work you do for On the Forecheck. Um, go ahead and give yourself a plug. Where can we find your work? And do you got anything coming up in the works? Sure. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at on the future OTF. Uh, you can find all my written work on, um, on the Uh, I've got three things that have come out or are coming out this week. Uh, monthly prospects report on the Preds pipeline, uh, weekly, um, report on Milwaukee that the last week in Milwaukee. Uh, and I, I've got a story on Ryan of as I mentioned also coming out, uh, this week. So, um, Feel free to check that out. And uh, yeah, coming up shortly, we'll have a lot of World Juniors coverage as well. So yeah, can't, would not wait for that. Uh, and where can the people find your work? You can find my work at insidethepreds.com. And you can find me on Twitter at ANK underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at ontheforecheck.com and Wayne at Motown.com and follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. Eric, thank you again for joining us. We really appreciate it. For all of those listening, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We appreciate it. We'll be back tomorrow with an all new episode. We'll see you then.